Hey, what's up, people? Welcome back to the Over in 8 Minutes podcast. This week, I'm joined by Pro Boxer, the man with 17 wins to his name, 7 knockouts, light welterweight division, 10 plus years as a pro boxer now. I'm joined by Joe Hughes. How are you? Good, sir? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Mate, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Before we get started, we're just going to get through all the good bits, the TLC. This week, guys, once again, the podcast partner is Wild Haggis Company. Incredible protein, BCAs, fat burning pills, all the good stuff. Go there. And if you use code over in AE, that's O V E E R I N 80 at checkout, that gets you 10% off your entire order. They also have training wear, exclusive women's range, everything you ever want is right there. So get there and get yourself sorted. Boom. Now we're done with that. Joe, how's life? What's good? What's new? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Not too bad. Uh, busy. I've got three kids at home. And I was just saying before we started, um, one of them's just started school a couple of weeks ago, so it's a pretty pretty hectic trying to trying to run around after them all the time, and then trying to train and everything like that as well. Yeah, it's a bit flat out at the moment. <laughs> you wish you were back in the boxing ring, though. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's like <laughs> calm. I chilled out. I know what I'm doing there? Yeah, it's a bit yeah. more predictable. I know. Now you're trying to take photos of a five year old that just wants to go and make friends with everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, get the old, uh, you know, first day photo and all that. Not interested in the slightest, but no. what can you do, eh? <laughs> Try to get the photo he's already got, like, jam and butter from his toaster and his jumper, and you're like, great. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, mate, it's good to see, and it's nice to see, like, moments like that. It's nice to see the, the happiness that comes from people. I've seen it over your Instagram the past couple of days. It's nice to yeah. see the happiness coming through. Yeah, yeah, it's great, yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, when you've got kids and that, it's just your whole perspective changes and you know they really do like bring joy to your sort of thing those little moments and stuff like that so yeah it's great amazing right well joe as the fans have come to expect and got used to now we're going to start off with a quick fire questions just simple would you rathers whichever one comes into your head first answer it and then okay if it's a bit questionable i might be oh joe you have to explain yourself but there's nothing here to stitch you up nothing that's okay. going to be in the press on monday Try morning catch me out yeah. <laughs> yeah easy one to start off with joe tea or coffee Oh, coffee, definitely. Definitely, coffee. Yeah. Coffee solves all. If you're mm. tired, coffee, sleepy, coffee. Yeah, exactly. Just fancy getting <laughs> some sugar, coffee. You know, I, ne- I never used to drink caffeine at all until we had mm-hmm. the kids. Speaking about the kids, I sent them, you know, a parent podcast. But <laughs> never touched caffeine until then, hardly ever. I couldn't handle it. I'd be up all night. But now, I bloody live off of it non-stop. <laughs> Can't help it. Ten coffees a day, like, you know. I can understand it. Our kettle's constantly warm. I feel yeah. like our kettle's been cold in 10 years. <laughs> right. Oh, night out or a night in? Oh, depends. Depends. I used to love a night out. Probably a night in nowadays. Nowadays, a bit old. Getting right, a bit bed, old. bed by yeah. 10 is coming more and more appealing every day. Yeah, well, on a night out, I'm normally in bed by 10 anyway. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, ain't that different. Right. Would you rather win a boxing fight with a first round knockout or a last round knockout? Oh, first round knockout, definitely. Really, yeah, you're not a sore the day after, you know. <laughs> it's the old saying you don't get paid overtime, it's definitely true. You know, if you can be over there without getting, you know, it, it hurts having a fight, you know, without the mascara under the eye, yeah, yeah, time. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Sunglasses on for a week and that, yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't remember. I heard it on a podcast once, it was one boxer who said, If you've had a boxing fight and you look like you've not been in a boxing fight, it's a good one, yeah, yeah, that's very true, yeah, <laughs> right. Sweets or chocolate chocolate definitely right if yeah. you had to get rid if you had to get rid of one tomorrow would you get rid of rug- uh would you get rid of boxing or dogs boxing or dogs boxing yeah yeah it gotta be 
I've got my own dog. I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> couldn't, get dog. couldn't get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. I could handle not getting punched in the face again. Could yeah, handle, exactly. couldn't yeah, handle the dog. He's quite nice, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, don't say that. I'm going to get worried. I'll like, talk you into retirement <laughs> or something. Yeah. Like, Joe, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> TV series or a movie? Oh, tough one. I I think it depends on the mood. I'd have to go TV series, I think, but I do love a movie as well. Yeah, I think Netflix and stuff's taken over now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, if you're looking to relax after a tough day, bath or a shower? Shower. Not a oh, bath, man. Yeah, I don't enjoy a bath. No. Right. If you're on your, if you're on one of your old nights out, would you be in a nightclub or would you be in a pub with some live music? Uh, p- pub. Definitely a pub. I'd rather go to a pub, and I'd rather if it was quiet music, to be honest. Yeah, just so <laughs> civilized conversation. Yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. Or get your head down in the corner, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> right, you're in the gym. Would you rather do sparring or would you rather do a cardio session? Oh, sparring every day of the week. Yeah, you enjoy it. We try, try and limit it now. Not do too much of it. You know, yeah. it's the easiest way to pick up injuries, and you know, long term, getting in hit in the head isn't. You know, isn't the best thing for you, but um, that's my favourite bit. You know, the the sparring and the fighting and the actual boxing, doing mm-hmm. the cardio, the running and all that. Uh, not interested, but you do it obviously, but <laughs> begrudgingly, yeah. Fair enough. Would you rather like bourbons or custard creams with a cup of tea, or just on Bour- them? Bourbons, definitely. Bourbons, yes. definitely. Yeah. I had to spend twenty minutes explaining bourbons to somebody from Canada the other day. <laughs> 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 Right. If you're trying to get something organised, you more like this FaceTime or text somebody. Definitely a text. Really, not a FaceTime yeah. kind of guy. Nah. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> great with all this. Like this is. I first. I struggled figuring out how to do this. You only got to click a link. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Mate, you should have seen me trying to set up the first one. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sweet or salted popcorn? Um. Sweet. Really. Mm, yeah. <sighs> Good. I, everybody says salted, but I'm a sweet man. Couldn't, yeah. Can't stand salted popcorn. Yeah. But... Salted crisps, you know, something like that. You know, if you want something salted, but popcorn. Yeah. I'd yeah. I agree. I agree. Socks and sliders, yes or no? Are they acceptable? Oh, they're not, are they? They're not, but I do, I do it. I wear them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I definitely do them, so I'll wait yeah, to see what yeah. his reactions to that. Yeah, it's, it's not acceptable, <laughs> but I uh, can live with that. I still wear them. <laughs> Right, what's your go-to musical? Oh, I, I don't know. We we watched The Lion King a couple of times with my wife and the kids. Um, at the, that counts. Yeah, that counts. Musical, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. No, the actual musical, I mean, but the uh, still The Lion King, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah. It still counts. It's, yeah. People are, people are singing and they tell a story yeah, through exactly. the song. That's a musical. Exactly. exactly, yeah. There we go. See, wasn't that bad. Quick fire yeah. questions that Joe Hughes smashed out. Nothing yeah. crazy there. You're no. good. Right, Joe, we're going to start right at the very beginning. We want to get in there nice and early. So how did you get into boxing? How did boxing find you? Was it from birth or was it quite like in the teens? No. Um, well, so I started boxing when I was five years old. Um, oh, wow. originally, I originally did... No, eight years old, sorry, with boxing. <laughs> I originally did uh, martial arts uh, taekwondo when I was five. Um, right. My dad, my dad took me along um, to like trip me into doing physio for my shoulder. For those who don't know, I've got a disability called Herb's palsy, and basically mm-hmm. a load of the nerves in my neck were damaged when I was born, and my shoulder was dislocated. And as I've grown, 
uh, my arms shorter and weaker and everything like that. And I've always had to do physio since, you know, since I was a little baby. Um, And obviously being a kid, you don't want to do the physio and all the stretches and exercises and everything like that. It's just boring. So I I was never interested. But so my dad tricked me, really, taking me to martial arts, doing that. And then obviously the boxing was even more, uh, you know, just with your hands and the arm. So he took me to boxing then when I was eight. And yeah, I've never looked back. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So when you go into your first boxing gym, was it an instant like this is for me? Or was it just a case of like you had to be, you almost had to be taken back by your dad, that your dad had been, you've got boxing training today? No, I absolutely loved it when I first went mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, so I when I did the, the Taekwondo, I, you know, I really enjoyed that, but I preferred the punching anyway to the kicking. And mm-hmm. then when it was boxing, it's oh you're only like you know no one's going to kick me. Oh you don't have to do worry about the, you don't have to worry about the kicking. Uh, it's just punching. Yeah, I thought it was great. And the gym where I first boxed, Mom's Three Amateur Boxing Club, was like uh, your real sort of old school spit and sawdust type gym. Like yeah. people who've been in gyms will understand what I mean. But it had like a certain smell to it. Even it was like wasn't a nice smell it was horrible like you, if you went in there for an hour or two you come out even if you hadn't trained your clothes would stink of it and everything like that. It was something like it wasn't nice but it had like a certain it was uh it was quite atmospheric it had a certain sort of feel to it um and everyone was there it was sort of for hot it was a hard you know you had to work hard if you turned up you had to have your t-shirt tucked in if you didn't have a t-shirt tucked in you get kicked out if you didn't turn up to a training session for whatever reason unless you was a you know a, a good reason you'd mm-hmm. get kicked out of the club um if you were like oh i'm going to football tonight i'm not i can't make it to so the coach you say okay yeah no problem but just don't come back next week it was sort of um, oh. <laughs> yeah wow. yeah it was oh, i've got some on this week i'm going to my friend's house uh tonight so i won't be there it was like okay well yeah, that's fine but don't don't bother coming back it was you know it was that sort of place um and I actually thought it was really good being like that, to be honest, because it was like, you're, you're there and you're doing it, you know, taking it seriously. And my old coach, Tony Stannard, his viewpoint was where he was giving up his time and effort <clears throat> and everything like that for free, putting his time into you. Um, oh, it was for free? Oh, I thought it was like well, a paid club. <laughs> I'd say it was free. I think it was £20 for the year when I joined. Right. So, yeah, so basically free. Free. Um, yeah, basically. And it was like, so if you're there, great, come along and, um, you know, train hard and everything like that. But if you're not want, willing to put it in, then why does would he want to waste his time? Which, you know, is understandable, I think. But, I was going to say, I suppose that's how yeah. you breed champions, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> isn't it? If you're not interested in doing it, boxing is not really the sport you want to be doing if you don't want to do it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Well, that's that's a great question. I've actually got a note here written down, which I'm going to move up to the next question. So the discipline and the mindset of the combat sport world gives you, did that become almost drilled into you as quickly as you found the love boxing with your coaches and the mentality of that? Yeah. Can can you just describe the the discipline and mentality things like boxing give you? Because boxing is quite universally known for being a sport to almost straighten people out. Yeah, I mean, um, it was for me, but I, mean, I was raised like that at home anyway, uh, really, right. in terms of the respect and discipline and training hard, working hard and everything like that was sort of some of my parents instilled in me anyway. Uh, we're back in there, a bit of technical difficulty, but Joe's back now. So, Joe, we were just about halfway through talking through the discipline and uh, the mindset instilled from you when you were younger. And you said it came through at home? 
yeah, um, yeah, it was part of really how I was raised. My, uh, especially my dad was sort of, you know, it wasn't like overly strict or anything, but it was a case of, you know, if you want to do something, then you've got to work hard doing it and, you know, don't mess around doing it. If you wanted to do the boxing, you know, take it seriously and, you know, put your F into it. Otherwise, don't bother. And I think boxing in general is like that. A lot of boxing clubs, uh, they're happy to have anyone in there as long as you're willing to, you know, learn, work hard, uh, listen to what you're told by the coaches uh, so you learn what you need to learn. Um, mm. And <clears throat> like the gym I went to in Malmesbury, like I said before, um, you'd get kicked out if you were, weren't doing certain things, uh, which would seem like small things, but in like the overall picture, it's quite like uh, big parts for your life, if you know what I mean. Mm. <coughs> yeah, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because um, like I was saying just before there, the the way that people sort of interpret boxing from the outside, or like myself personally, is if you're, I notice like a lot of people when they're trying to train people to make changes in their lives, they'll take them to like a boxing regime, hmm. and it'll be that you'll have the bags, you'll have the discipline involved. So I just kind of, I've always wondered how that comes across from people in the boxing world, and then how that discipline changes, and then if it's as true as it's made out from the others. But it seems like it really does get instilled in you guys from such a young age. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of it's like I say. I mean, I had a lot of it at home anyway, but a lot of yeah. times the coaches um, are instrumental in that sort of thing. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. <coughs> and like, yeah, sort of strict. A lot of coaches become sort of father figures as well to um, yeah. to the to a lot of fighters and uh, things like that, and. Where, where I boxed, if you got in trouble, you know, outside of the gym or at school and that, you'd get in trouble for it at the gym. So if you were fighting outside of the gym, you'd get you'd get kicked out or you'd get punished or stuff like that. If you were misbehaving at school, even, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, the, the, the boxing coach was always like trying to speak to your teachers about it and, you know, trying to figure a way to, to figure it out, you know, so. Well, that's, um, that's really great. Um, Speaking speaking on that there about the fighting outside, um, I've noticed every time I've come into contact with people that do a combat sport or they do some sort of martial art, or they even if they just practice, I don't know what the you know the version of karate that there is where it's almost shadow, it's like shadow karate, and they yeah, all stand yeah, in rows. Yeah. But there was that, but then <coughs> there's like that real sort of calmness and not a sense of can't be bothered, but they're just. It's even hard to describe it because I wouldn't class yourself as thinking you're above above it when somebody always tries it on. But I imagine you get a few people that always, you know, they always do the cringy, put them up, put them up, and yeah. try that. And you just, and then, so how does that come about? Because do you get a lot of people that come in the gym that think they are a pro boxer before they're not, and then they quickly find themselves out? Or Yeah, quite often you get people in who come in and sort of think a bit more of themselves um, in yeah. terms of, you know, being able to fight or what than the reality is. Um, and I think a lot of people are that, especially like you say, getting in a fight outside of the gym um, or outside of the ring is just a case of, I don't know, uh, misplaced confidence perhaps in themselves. And when mm-hmm. the people who really know how to fight, um, yeah. you sort of, one, you don't have anything to prove to anybody. And two, you sort of think, to yourself, well, you know, that could actually end up quite bad, <laughs> you know, um, and not even just for yourself. If you hurt someone seriously. You mean you could spend the rest of your life in prison, couldn't you? You know, so it's sort of, I think, um, as well as just the discipline, and you feel the the feel the, don't feel the need to want to do that. Like if I want to have a fight with someone, I can have a fight with someone in the boxing gym in a controlled sort of thing, not get in trouble for it. 
uh, with the law. Um, but yeah, I think just the attitude of it, like we spoke about before, um, is more of it. You say a lot of people are fighters. If you a lot of people who know how to fight, don't do it. You know, unless it was <laughs> a real a real reason to do it. Um, you sort of think, well, why would why? Yeah, pointless really. That's that's exactly. So I um I know a few from professional wrestling background how they actually because they've tr- done other trainings of legitimate combat sport to sort of increase their i don't know convincingness of throwing a punch but they're they all say the same thing as well of you, you people challenge you to a fight and you the first thing comes through in your head going well there's no benefit in it for me so what's really the point <laughs> yeah if you had, if you had a genuine reason that you needed to you know to defend yourself or something then yeah of course but if you don't, then you know it is just a waste of time, really. Yeah, <laughs> unless you want to pay me, like I, 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 I get paid to find it. So, you know, and, and what's the purse? You know, so it was, yeah. that 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 would be probably the most hard man response to somebody challenging <laughs> yeah. to a fight. Going, yeah, are yeah. you gonna are you gonna pay me yeah. enough money yeah, to fight well, you? Yeah, yeah. How much if, you got in your wallet? Like, yeah. yeah. If, 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 if I challenge somebody to fight and they said that to me, I'd walk out of the room. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've lost. What's the point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this guy's confident that he's going to bet money on himself in a fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the first round KO without throwing a punch, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know if that counts as technical or if that counts as legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way, Sam Matthews is now zero and one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you said the parent the parents took you in, and then your dad took you in when you were young as a response to the Earl palsy. Did you always know you wanted to go pro? Like, when was the first indications that you could make it as a pro boxer? Um, I don't know. To be honest, it was sort of I did like think as a kid, oh, that'd be an amazing thing to do. But I don't um, really recall it uh, being much of a reality until I was probably uh, probably like fourteen, something like that. Um, <laughs> you say that like that's old. That's still really yeah. Really young. But I mean, for yeah. a boxer, um, mm-hmm. for especially, I mean, you obviously get you know anomalies like, but. Most of the, most boxers who are successful have been boxing since they were little kids, um, mm. but I was never really. Oh, I'm the opposite of a natural, if you know what I mean. Um, everything that I've been able to do and achieve has been through, you know, working hard and mm-hmm. just trying all, all the time and failing and trying again. Um, so originally, it was just a, I was just had the goal that oh, I want to have a fight. Um, I want to have a proper legitimate match because you had to be 11 to have a proper competitive right. a- amateur fight. Um, so well, obviously instead of starting when I was eight and then, oh, I can't wait to have a fight. That'd be amazing. And uh, <clears throat> I think my dad and, you know, well, he never said it, but I could imagine the people around me thinking, oh, yeah, well, you probably won't be able to with your palsy. That, you know, it wouldn't really be safe. You just get beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to have a fight was, you know, a big target at first. And then, you know, I had a fight and I won. Um, and then a few more and I won some, I lost some. And then it was sort of to, well, if I could win, a, you know, an area title um, as an amateur for my sort of age and weight, what a massive achievement that would be um, for someone with my condition. And um, mm-hmm. and I, I I did that. And then it was, oh, well, what about if I won a national title? If I could be, you know, the number one at my age and weight in the country um, with my condition would be sort of sort of thought of as impossible really um so I, I i eventually managed to do that and then when i did that i think i was 14 the first national title i won um and the first time i boxed for england represented england as an amateur um by then i'd sort of thought well i must have i must be doing all right oh you know 
was the number one in the country at my age and weight. And so why couldn't it be a career for me? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it pro- probably was about then you start sort of thinking more and more about uh, what could be, you know, what, what the future could hold. Wow. Hey, that's in- that's incredible. I never even realised you got to number one in the country at age and weight. And ne- that never even came up in the research and I was looking for. So that's an incredible achievement. <laughs> and like you said, I want to talk about, we'll talk about Earl's, Earl's palsy now because it's, it's a, it's not it's not you as a person it doesn't make you as a person but it's a considerate part of your life yes but, um, yeah. so Earl's palsy can you just give like a sort of a, a brief definition and explanation to the listeners because obviously I, I know about it and I've had the pleasure of speaking to you and knowing you for a while now but some of them might not know what Earl's palsy is yeah so uh, basically I mean most of the time it occurs in birth um, so when I was born my shoulder got stuck on my mum's hip on the way out right. the nurses um well, the midwives just pulled my head too hard um uh, and just yanked and yanked my head and eventually my head came out my shoulder didn't really and my mm-hmm. arm didn't and sort of got stuck behind so um it damaged a lot of nerves um in my neck and leading off into my shoulder and that the right hand side of my body mm-hmm. um and because of that my arm doesn't function as it's supposed to so it's probably quite hard to see here but my so my right arm um yeah. i'll try and show you a bit awkward yeah. My right arm is like it's about some some, bice- some biceps of it. That's all I'm doing. That's that's all I know is the bicep. I just get I just get bicep envy. I'm, I'm just like oh I've just got bicep envy. <laughs> well, that was the real reason I was trying to show you. About it. <laughs> yeah, just quick flash them flash the guns. But it was yeah. So but my right arm is about three inches shorter than my left. It's considerably um, smaller in terms of muscle mass, um, range of motion. I can't put my hand behind my back. I can't sort of put my hand flat to you know take change at a shop right okay um it's my fingers don't coordinate properly um i should have been right-handed apparently the doctor said but i write everything with my left so because of that i ended up um having like a form of dyslexia uh through it um yeah because i could i can't even hold a pen in my right hand my fingers like won't really let me um and yeah so it basically just affects this side of my body uh, the upper mm-hmm. half of my body. I mean, so there are some people that have it, you know, going further down their body. I'm, I'm quite lucky um, in terms of the recovery I've been able to have from it. And I think a lot of that's due, due to the physio I did and my dad tricking me into doing work, mm-hmm. you know, working it and stuff like that. Um, but there are people with those palsy a lot worse examples than me. And there are people with, you know, better examples than me as well. But, um, but yes, it's, it's a, it, you do hear of people with it as well. They put, uh, brachial plexus injury because that's the area of nerves it is so you might have people who say have a motorbike accident um and sever the nerves in the crash or something like that and they develop it as well but majority of the time it's from from being born and it's 100 percent preventable as well is the you know the the sad thing about it really and there's a charity in the uk called herbs policy group and they're mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant trying to not only support people like me uh growing up who had it and as an adult as well uh but they're trying to educate you know uh, midwives and everything like that and just people in general raise awareness about it so that it happens less because it's literally they could have done you know a certain technique with me when i was being born um you know and i, I would have been born completely fine you know mm-hmm which is frustrating, um, but it is what it is. And if, it, if, if reason, raising awareness of it and uh, 
all the work the charity does and things like that can help less people be born with it, then it's, you know, all good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. And then, well, I suppose a, a, a non-conventional silver lining is the work you're doing now as well as sticking up, speaking out for it. And, um, it's quite similar in the way, you know, James Sutliff in our group at the Blokes Chat mm. as well with his dystonia. If, if it hadn't happened to him, there wouldn't have been nearly as much work done with the great work people that you guys do. So yeah, it well, is incredible, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the stuff James does is unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. I would ne- I, I would have never heard of it if it wasn't for him. So, yeah. yeah. Especially as I didn't realise how... Because <coughs> like, the similar thing with yours, and I think is very, is very telling, is it's not... Although, like you say, your arm is three inches shorter than your other, it's not a, it's not such a, a an aware. You're not really aware of it walking past you down the street. Like I mean, you walk down the street, they wouldn't think. They might notice the fingers, like you say, your fingers might curl a bit more, and the arm doesn't straighten out quite as much. But they wouldn't look at you and think there is a disability going on there. No, I mean, and you know, nine times out of ten, people will say to me, "Oh, I never knew you had." something wrong uh, um yeah. you know i don't know you know I, i've never noticed it or you know things like mm-hmm. that people watching me box can tell a bit more because if they think well you know you're only throwing the one hand or whatever yeah <clears throat> but even then well i've got my shirt off um and people still don't really notice it whereas me i look in the mirror and i think bloody i'm completely unsymmetric uh you know completely unsymmetrical yeah. and i think it's really really obvious um how i look um, but I guess that's just, you know, insecurities or whatever. But, t- yeah, it, it, it's quite funny. People people don't know about it um, because, like you say, it's, it's, it's harder to notice sometimes uh, for some people. But I guess that's a good thing um, in a way. I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, surpri- it surprises me because I'm sort of quite conscious about it. I think about, like, T-shirts I wear and stuff. On my left arm, it'll be, you know, up to my shoulder. And the other one, it'd be, you know, below my elbow. And um, if I wear a jacket and stuff like that, it'll slip off or a vest. Oh, yeah, slip off like, like a suit, something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And like suits, yeah, perfect examples of suit. The cuff on my left arm will fit perfectly. The one on my right will be like, you can't even see my hand. So it's like, what do you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> frustrating you have to roll, yeah you're like roll one sleeve up and it's like why have you got one sleeve older you know you've got turnover on one sleeve and not the other and stuff like that and which i know that's all minor things really but it just it does become a bit, a bit frustrating it's, but, it's still it's important to you though it's not it's not a minor thing to you it's yeah yeah i just mean you know in the grand scheme of things you know your sleeve on your jumper ain't a big deal but you uh you can't help but uh feel conscious about it sometimes and and that's the silly thing is as well. I know people don't notice. Uh, yeah. well, well, people tell me they don't notice anyway, but it's um, yeah, it's still still frustrating. Yeah, I, su- I suppose it's like um, not to not to belittle your Earth's palsy in any way or make light of a situation, but I suppose it's quite similar. You know, when people first start going to the gym, and you feel like, and or you go for like a, a gym rep, and you think everybody here is watching me, and yeah, in actual yeah. fact, nobody cares that you're in the gym. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's that. Uh, a lot of people say that to me with boxing. And you say, Oh, yeah. come along, come and join the gym. Come in, Peter. Oh, it's embarrassing. I, you know, I'm going to be doing stuff and I'm going to look silly doing it. And you think, You're not at all. It's ridiculous. You know, everyone's there because they want to. No one's, I've never seen anyone take the mick out of someone's in the gym, in a boxing mm-hmm. gym. But yeah, it's the same thing as that, I guess. But I say that to other people and I say, Don't be silly. You know, no one's going to think nothing of that. But then when it's yourself, 
and you feel <laughs> that way about summer it's like people say that to me like, don't be silly no one cares but you can't you can't help it can you so yeah it's, it plays it's, it's the, the difficult thing of the human psyche isn't it exactly so, yeah you touched on it like that so your earl's palsy you said it affects your boxing style like how so mm-hmm. so is it just the case of you're just very much more dominant with the left yeah so basically um most of the the scoring shots and everything like that that I throw would be off of my left hand, um, you know, jabs, hooks, uppercuts and things, but predominantly, you know, 97, 98% of it is in my left hand probably. I do throw right hands, but they're not, I haven't really, I have never knocked anyone over with a right hand, um, you know, so most of it's going to be with my left and, you know, I thought that I can't punch hard with it. It's just, it's more, um not the coordination with it but with my left hand it feels just feels completely natural throwing it i don't have to think about it at all but with my right hand it's sort of there's always a delay yeah i have to think to throw it so at the level i fight at you can you don't have time to think <clears throat> to throw in about throwing something because it's too late by the time you've thought about it so mm-hmm. it can it comes a bit um a bit tricky but i use it to defend and use it for blocking and everything like that and like i say trying to throw it and every now and again i do and it lands because mm-hmm. they're not expecting it at all um yeah which is quite good but one one day one day it's improving all the time i think i'm working on it all the time um <clears throat> always trying to strengthen it just so that for everyday life really as well as yeah. just um the, as well as the boxing um but you never know. One day, next fight, <laughs> big right hand knockout. <laughs> I'll I'll put money on it. Ten quid. Joe needs <laughs> to win with the right. Yeah. Million to one. Yeah. First round, first punch, right hand. Yeah. Where's Uncle Jimmy at? Yeah. if it comes yeah. in, I'll take you on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Speak, it actually, that actually goes nicely with the, the pro career because we're going to move on to that next. But with the Earl's palsy, has it ever? I don't know how to I don't know how to word it correctly, but not not bother you. But have you ever sort of thought of like I'm not trying to say because it, it is it is you, and I don't want you to not be annoyed at yourself. But have you ever just thought, oh, if only this right hand was sort of working a wee bit more? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think about I probably think that every other day that probably runs mm-hmm. through my head. Um, <clears throat> I've spoke about it in interviews before where you sort of think um yeah if if i if my right hand was as good as my left hand i believe you know without a shadow of doubt in my mind that i'd be a world champion um Mm -hmm. and i would have been years ago i'd have been a world champion i mean i was european champion with one one arm so what would i done with two but in terms of in terms of that i probably wouldn't box anywhere i would probably would have never even started boxing and if it wasn't for the fact that my right arm is the way it is, my left mm-hmm. arm wouldn't be what it is either. So my right arm's weaker than it should be, but my left arm's probably, you know, twice as strong than it should be as well. So it's difficult. It's, it's a frustrating thing because, I, like you say, I think about it. And I think, oh, yeah, well, could have done this. What what could have happened? But mm-hmm. the reality of it is, and that's what I try and tell myself to sort of keep myself sane, is that... You probably, I probably wouldn't be a boxer, you know. I'd probably be working in an office or something like that. Um, or, you know, working on a building site like most of the people I grew up with, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, just, that, that's how I console myself <laughs> about it, yeah. Joe, yeah. that is an incredible, <laughs> that's an incredible mentality outlook to have. That's, that is properly inspiring. <laughs> that, it's, it's like you said, you've, 
you've, I don't want to, I'm trying not to make a, make a pun or make light of anything here. Cause I really don't want to, but it's like, you've done the most incredible, if not in, like you said, impossible, you, you're actually beating professional boxers with not to be like, take the piss, but with one hand behind your back, effectively, you are, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are, you are winning professional boxing matches with almost one hand. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a cliche, isn't it? You know? When you can win that fight with one hand behind your back, or one, you can you can win that fight with one hand, it's like a, a derogatory way they'd say about an opponent or something like that. Yeah, I could beat you with one hand. I don't need you know. That's every fight I have. Yeah. <laughs> every fight I have, really, with one hand. Or, or you'll hear the odd thing about um, someone injures their hand, breaks their hand mid-fight, or dislocates a shoulder mid-fight, or you know any any number of things. And then, wow, they fought the rest of that fight. They only used one hand and they still, you know, either survived or they managed to win the fight. Yes, that's what I've done on every yeah. single one of my fights. Yeah. But it's from the beginning going into it, you know. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's just funny, isn't it? But... Jeremy, <laughs> you, you are an incredible, incredible human being. You are a truly <laughs> incredible human being. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But okay, if I... Get to know me a bit better. You won't. You won't think that. But yeah, I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> I've known you. I've known you for almost a year now. We don't get to chat that often. But I've known you for almost a year now. My opinion hasn't changed yet. Yeah, oh, thank maybe, you. maybe, maybe because you're too quiet in the group chat. We need to get <laughs> yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> we'll just get you next time. Next time there's a big boxing match on, we'll get you to for the for the AJ fight on Saturday. Yeah. We'll just get you to do a little live commentary in the WhatsApp chat. <laughs> okay. we'll do a round by round review. Okay. Okay. We'll give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> do you know <laughs> I'll call you out because I'll, I'll put it in the chat and then you'll have people like Tom and <laughs> yeah, you'll have the, Tom, the Toms and Circle will be after yeah, you. I, quite, I do quite often get a text off Tom when there's, mm -hmm. when there's a big fight on. Ask him for it. Ask him. <laughs> that's that's Tom trying to win some pennies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I normally get wrong with those sort of things anyway. So. <laughs> hey, make him do his own research. Everybody <laughs> yeah, better exactly. to do their... I suppose he's doing research to be fair. There's yeah, not many yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't knock him for that. Yeah. I might, I might have to start doing it. <laughs> you're going to be sick yeah. of it. You're just what you're going to have to do is just get to the blokes WhatsApp, and every time before a big fight, just before yeah. anybody asks, you just put it in the yeah. chat anyway. Yeah, here it is. Before you ask, before you ask me yeah. one, well, yeah, yeah. one at a time. I will just put it out there. I've only got to write it once. So. I've got, I've got three kids. I'm going to bed. Stop texting me. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. I'm not watching it. But this is what I'll have. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I, that's a nice, nice little walk on. Actually, I want to ask you about, I saw, I was doing some research on you and I was just, the best way I found to do research on people is scroll through their social media because they put stuff up there that they would never put up in interviews yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And I was looking back to a photo of you and you were at GB camp in 09. Uh, yeah, well, when I was uh, amateur, uh, yeah. I was, I boxed ringed multiple times and I was on a few training camps and that with the GB uh, squad. I was never on there like a full-time boxer boxing for him. Mm -hmm. uh, because they said I didn't have the potential to become to win international fights because I only threw the left hand, and they said the rear hand was a scoring was the the number one scoring shot. Even though I beat when I was seventeen, I beat the world under nineteen silver medalist, mm -hmm. but I didn't have I didn't have the you know I, I didn't have the potential to win uh, medals internationally. Was there was their thought because I didn't throw the right hand. Um, but yeah, but I yeah I did was training a few times um, up with the GB guys. Yeah, what was uh, what are the what are the camps like there? Because I can't imagine the. Is it like a? I imagine it's you're probably used to quite a strict environment considering you were told of if you miss a training session you're not coming back. But is it is it a very hands on experience there, or is it like long days in the gym? Or? Uh, well, when I was there, I don't know if it's still the same now. I mean, it changed yeah. all the time. I mean, you're talking, you know, say twelve years ago or whatever. And, 
I know it's evolved a lot since um, since I was up there, purely mm-hmm. with the extra funding and everything like that. But when I was up there, there was like a Premier Inn around the corner. You stayed at the Premier Inn, mm-hmm. and there was like groups of us. So there was all you know other fighters bun- there. Bun- bunking or every man gets his own room. Uh, no, no, we are. I think there was two or three to a room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so two or three to a room, and yeah, so and then you were told what times you had to be around the gym, or you had to be there. For Back around the, it was the EIS in Sheffield, the English Institute of Sport. Oh yeah, um, and you'd be so you go round that you had to be round there at I don't know six or seven o'clock first thing for running on the track, and then you had to be back there at ten o'clock for you know a skills session, then you had to be there at two o'clock for you know something else, and it was sort of like that. But then in between, you just go and crash in the hotel and not really do a lot. It was a bit boring to be honest. Um, you were just training. Tra- <laughs> training and i used to try and sleep on the other times because i was sort of it was that age as well where you sort of oh, i want to go home really i want to yeah. be up here all weekend training <laughs> i know it's the sort of it's probably the wrong attitude um well it is the wrong attitude about it looking back on it but i was sort of like oh god I'm a, you know up here stuck in a hotel room all week and yeah, you know my you're my having, mates are having fun yeah yeah exactly exactly you're, you're having a massive opportunity you know uh being able to train with the gb guys and everything like that but i was oh, gonna go home and go out really but uh, but yeah, it was it was all right. It was good. It was good training. All the trainers up there were good. Um, like I say, it sort of left a bit of taste in the mouth for me personally because of you know um, I, I was sorting something out the other week. I was doing something at the loft, and I had an old there was an old letter from the GB thing, and it was right. like feed, it was like feedback. Um, <clears throat> and I re- I showed it to my dad because I was like, look, look at it, and it was like you need to throw your right hand more was like the first one it was like working more on the right hand uh working more on punching at range with the right hand working it's like i've got a disability in my right arm do you know what i mean yeah. I, I try i'm trying i'm trying my best i've been trying you know <laughs> it's like give me a different feedback you know tell me to work on my footwork tell me to work on my head movement tell me to do something um whether they just didn't re- well they must have known because i told them but but yeah, yeah whatever no, so it sounds like it might have been a bit of a cop out from them more than yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. It was frustrating as well because you know I said about I was I was the number one at my age and weight when I was younger. <clears throat> my last amateur fight, I won the senior ABA, so I was the number one in the country as a senior at my mm-hmm. weight, and then I didn't get picked. You know, the reason I turned pro because the Commonwealth Games were that year, it was 2010, and they said whoever won that ABA competition would go to the Commonwealth Games. Um, yeah. I won it. And I didn't hear anything, nothing from him, nothing from England. I guess they just thought, well, we won't pick him because he's ever throws right hand. I was like, well, just... That's, <laughs> so, yeah. It's that's like that's, bit, that's yeah. bullshit. That is yeah, bullshit. Yeah, it's a, bit, <laughs> it's a bit of like a bit of taste in the mouth for me personally, yeah. like I say. But it was a good experience. And, you know, it's funny looking back on it now because, I mean, you're speaking of AJ. AJ wasn't on there when I was on there, but I think he came a little bit afterwards. But, like, Tyson Fury was up there, um, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, people like that. Um, was training all together and stuff like that. So that's funny looking back on it now. Um, yeah, the, the names guys, in the room. Yeah, exactly. Like if you looked at it at the time, you know, obviously no one knew. Everyone there was sort of talented boxers, but yeah, some of the guys that sort of come through and yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Like even on that picture I put up uh, recently about the training, that like two or three of them on there are world champions. I think Callum Smith was on there. Um, you know, there's a couple in there that have been to the Olympics and stuff like that mm. so yeah it's, it's quite cool looking back on it it's crazy i didn't even i don't even have this written down but you've actually just you've almost put the thought in my brain there is f- for the the size of great britain 
and the history it has in the sport of boxing. Obviously, you get we get the interviews with like Costello and Bunce on Radio Five Live and stuff, but the history and the skill that comes out of British boxing is almost unparalleled in terms of people per like people per area and people per gym. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You think of like you think of your Canelos and people like that, and you see the the documentaries where they've got boxing gyms filled with three year olds that are knocking seven bells of hell out of each other, but like. Do, do you notice that as a boxer in the scene? Do you think the competition, like say, say when you're fighting the internationals and you're you're beating them comfortably, do you sit there and think, going, I've had tougher fights just on random Sundays in British gyms and stuff like that? <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> it's, it is, yeah, it's, it is disproportionate, really, especially when you think. I think in this country, um, I would say the majority of people look down on boxing as well in this country um it, do, it, do, it does have almost a negative rep doesn't it yeah i think i think so um sort of in wider society um yeah. obviously there's you know millions of fans as well uh, and people who think it's great but it, it, yeah it's, it's funny because like you like say somewhere like mexico it's basically their number one sport boxing and football is like hand in hand in mexico um in this country um it's almost it's like a sideline if you know what i mean obviously it's football rugby and you know all you know sports which yeah. i like as well but um boxing is sort of pushed out the way it's that's for thugs and um you know when i where i when i growing up it was almost like that um that attitude to it and there's people who are always calling for boxing to be banned and everything like that and it can be dangerous of course but um i think it does a lot more good than bad but mm. you know going off on a tangent really <laughs> but yeah in the, yeah in this in this country it does seem like that even because i think even though it is looked at that, that it can be looked at that way and we've only really started getting funding f like olympic type funding since audley harrison yeah. um but even from that it's like even before that it's you know we've been so successful on in this country and you know the uk and ireland um for 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 a long time and i guess you could say you know probably a lot of boxing they would say sort of started over here it's one of the old things but <laughs> whether that's true or not i don't know but it's i, um, I, I don't think it was legal boxing that was started <laughs> no, over no, it wasn't, no. <laughs> definitely wasn't but um, but yeah i mean it's, a, it's a, i think there's a lot of a lot of top talent and like say sort yeah. of if you said pound for pound using a boxing term in terms of as a country uh we got a bit up there i mean there's like you said states in america there's individual states that are bigger than the UK, so uh, yeah, then it's not they're not doing too bad. Mm -hmm. No, it's I as an outsider looking in, the British boxing scene is doing very very well. Yeah, I mean, we got the two we got the two number one heavyweights in the world. Um, yeah. be, you know, who, who, who refuse to fight each other? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If only they fight each other. Uh, mm -hmm. But but you know, and which has always been you know for a long time, it was you know it was always an American. Um, and then obviously we had the Klitschko's for a long time. We've been the number ones, mm -hmm. and then now it's you know a couple of British guys, which is huge, huge for the sport in this country. And hopefully it will just keep keep growing. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the the problem with Britain is because Britain's such a cultural melting pot of people. I mean, like you look at AJ and for himself, and like the history that he's got with Africa and how he's so rooted, not rooted with his African, but he really respects mm -hmm. his African heritage of that we have so many sports and cultures that all try to fight for a place. It's like yeah. you say, you've got, you've got football and rugby, cricket, tennis, mm. everything coming on. Yeah. And then I think yeah. like boxing, it all boxing almost only gets the elite review because it's all 
not not only the, only the things we have time for. I think that's because you're only seeing the elite of everything. Like when you think yeah. of football, you only see the big games. You only see that. Mm. So I don't know whether maybe yeah. they just need to give more published. <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah, mm. um, like you say, but like you say, with AJ's background and everything like that, we was talking about the two heavyweights. You obviously got Fury uh, for mm. the traveling community, and like boxing's huge with them. And you know, it's it, like you say, it's just all around. But you don't doesn't really get spoken about, or um, it's always been like a working class sport as well. I think, and I think mm-hmm. that's part of the reason as well why you don't you know see that much of it. Um, I know that sounds silly because there is so many you know sports like that nowadays that do get the big publicity. Uh, yeah. But I do think that's the thing. I think, like I said about it being looked down on in the past, um, it being able to become a bigger sport just with things like this happening and. You know, if that fight did happen, it'd be huge, um, and you just oh, yeah. get more boxing in the mainstream and spoken about more, and then you know, they, we you'd get more, we'd get even more success then. You know, even though that'd be difficult, but <laughs> no, I I completely agree. I think I think you you summed it up nicely. If people consider it a sport for thugs mm. until they get to the top, and then it's such a high prized thing. Yeah, mm. and it's like you almost need to kind of filter it down so you get just a bit much more. And yeah, then, like, well, I think you do. I think, like you said, that's the perception. But it seems like it's a perception uh, from quite a lot of society. Well, no, obviously, speaking to people about it, when people ask yeah. about boxing, and, you know, <clears throat> people think that. And but then at the same time, like you said at the beginning, um, most fighters or you know people from combat sports are the most respectful uh, mm-hmm. people you can meet. I think sometimes in the media, the way they play up, not in the media, but. Um, you know, like press conferences and the way fighters yeah. try to sell fights doesn't help because it gives that idea <laughs> across. Uh, you know, people always kicking off each other and slinging insults at each other. When in reality, you know, you what you you watch the end of the fight, everyone hugs each other, and you know, you bet your best mates with after people you fight after you fought them, um, and you have like, you know, you you earn that respect mm-hmm. um, for each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, people just people think you're just two people going in there and swinging at each other and trying to knock each other out and there's no skill behind it it's just you know barbaric and it's, it's like chess that. with fists boxing yeah. is chess with fists yeah. yeah well they call it a sweet science don't they it's mm-hmm. it's it's um it's a lot more behind it than just getting in there and who's the who's the toughest and who can punch the hardest and that's it um yeah. that obviously is part of it but it's uh it's, a, it's not it's not all of it exactly well i couldn't agree more as a as not an elite boxing fan, but a person that has an unbridled respect for people that are willing to, like you say, get punched in the face. And <laughs> hopefully, I know you, you've got to go in the ring with somebody that tells the difference between him getting paid and him not getting paid is punching you in the face, and you're willing to stand there is a very brave move on my behalf. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right. I want to touch nicely on your pro career because I've just finished with the GB stuff that was kind of your last hurrah in the amateur world, which I think is quite nice. Mm. So, what people don't know, like you said, you beat every fight you've ever won you did it with one hand behind your back and you got your first you got your first belt and it was the masters light welterweight and then you proceeded to go on a four fight win streak but you also happened to collect a title every time you won that fight (laughs) so so how is that how is that yeah how is that feeling that that was definitely a purple patch (laughs) you you, you'd be getting a team of the week if you were playing football there (laughs) Yeah, well, it was good. I'm, um, I think a lot of those fights as well, I was the underdog going into them, um, as I always have been, really. 
And uh, so that was nice. Um, not in all of them, but, you know, certainly probably some of them uh, that I won. And yeah, it was just, it's nice. But the, I mean, I think the problem, like looking back on it is more, it's sort of like nicer looking back on it. Because at the time, um, it's you always look at everything as a stepping stone and you sort of don't really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I sort of like, I remember winning that first title and it was like, yeah, the in, International Masters Silver title, which it was called, yeah. which doesn't <clears throat> doesn't mean like a great deal or anything. But I remember like looking forward, looking before, thinking, oh, I'll be so happy when I win that. I'll be, you know, yeah. I'll be chuffed a bit, you know. And one bigger title as an amateur, but I was like, if I can win a belt as a pro, yeah, that'd be great. And as soon as I won it, I was almost like, oh, what's next? You know, I didn't even really enjoy it. Yeah. And it was the same with all of them, really. I then won, I don't, can't really remember the order, to be honest, and punched too many times. But it was, <laughs> I won the... So we read out the order for you? <laughs> I'll try. I think it was the Southern Area, then the IBA International, then the, uh, the English, Correct. and I defended the English. Correct. Um, all four back to back. Yeah, but it was almost like, it's like what's, what's next? Oh, I want to win the British. I want to win this. I want to, you know, everything like that. You don't really enjoy it at the time. Um, yeah. Or I didn't. And, you know, looking back on it, I should have really. But Really? That's yeah. that's really interesting. So, so when, because I always have this, because um, one of the sports I'm more familiar with is horse racing. And I know that horse racing is, you have a horse ready for, just so people understand, a Grand National. And what they'll do is they'll put them in races up to the Grand National to get them the qualifications and to mm. almost like almost like easy fight. And yeah, then, yeah. so I, you hear a lot of people do this with boxing. Like, you know, you'll give, I think Tommy Fury is the best example in the world right now because he's the brother of Tyson and he's fighting people that are zero and 12. Yeah. yeah. And you're thinking, so is that what they were, is that what they were doing with you getting you up to the world? Wait, is it, is it a lot of this? strategic planning for fights or were you just like uh no put, not really. put whoever, whoever you want in the ring and i'll knock them out that was basically the, the thing really <laughs> it was sort of <clears throat> when i first turned pro i was signed with frank maloney and uh right. kelly maloney now but he um he lost his tv deal after i'd had i think five fights um right. sky all went across and it all fell apart and i sort of had to sort of rebuild my career from scratch uh with andy my trainer now my manager and it was sort of just, let's just take what we can get. And everything I was offered, I said yes to pretty much. Um, <clears throat> and they just were what came up. So I managed to get that fight. And like Andy worked hard trying to get me all this stuff sorted out for me. <clears throat> and when they came up, I was, yes, go for it. And it wasn't like I said, what? I always wanted to win more. But it was sort of like, what well, what comes up? And, you know, mm-hmm. you're getting the opportunity. with If you've got a big promoter, so say if I was signed with Eddie Earn from... Well, which was the idea originally with Maloney. He was yeah. a big, big promoter at the time. I think before I turned pro, just won the European Promoter of the Year award. Um, so that was the, the idea, really. When you've got a big promoter, you get those easier fights and stuff like that, um, building you up. I mean, most, you know, nearly all pros do have easy fights at the beginning to sort of get their experience as a pro. And it's, it's very different to amateur boxing. So it is, you do, you know, have a bit to learn. Yeah in fights you should win but when you start winning titles it's sort of just who's the next challenger mm-hmm. um and i didn't have a promoter behind me by then uh so i didn't really have i didn't have the luxury to have warm-up fights or easy fights or you know easy defenses or pick a pick who i wanted to fight oh that belt's vacant that's can i pick who i want to fight or anything like that and um, yeah. sort of just what comes up and what the board control ordered 
um, stuff like that. This is what happened, and yeah, it, it went worked out right for me in the end. But. That's <laughs> because you did you did alright. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, talking nicely about vacant titles, just bridging on there. Are you aware that you never actually lost the English light welterweight title? You just vacated it <clears> twice. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, you, I, have, have, have you ever thought about calling out the guy who's got it just now? <laughs> yeah, went a third time, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those. It's the same with the, the, the Southern Era. I never lost that either, and yeah. um, it's just the, the way you normally do. If you if you have a title and you get offered a shot at a bigger title, um, you know, a lot of the time you either vacate that belt before you even fight, or you know, if you fight for that belt, uh, fight for the bigger title. Um, and you lose if that if you know you you sort of lose the other belt as well because if they're in the same thing so if you were the English champion and then you fight for yeah. the British title and the person you're fighting is English and you lose you lose the belt. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, that's how, that's how, that's how they were doing it then. That's how they explained <laughs> it to me anyway. Maybe they were like bullshitting me and they you know they just wanted it to be to come out, but. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what was it like winning the? So after you relinquished the English light, you then won the, you won the European light. How was that feeling to win? Like you said, you kept looking towards these bigger and bigger prizes. When yeah. you had that, when you had that pro belt that had European written on it, was that like a, a milestone for you? Yeah, that was huge. That was uh, yeah. winning the European title. Um, when I won the English titles, uh, that was huge to me um, mm-hmm. because it was sort of. Um, I, I you know I'd achieved it was a national thing it was you know English titles are you know a legitimate you know big title to win as a pro you wouldn't yeah. see too many fights on the TV for it but, but you know people in the you know in the boxing community would respect you know an English title and again for someone with you know like me to win it was you know a big deal um I but I, I mean I always felt like I could win more I mean I still do now I still you know but and then I I thought I'd won. I thought I won the British and I, you know, it was a draw and, you know, yeah. everyone thought I won, but they gave it as a draw. So in my head, I was like, oh yeah. And then I challenged. I, I was, was going to say, I watched, I watched that on yeah. YouTube watching for this and I can't believe it was a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, and then I challenged for the European, the, when I challenged the first time I lost, um, I, you know, I'd had going into the fight, I hadn't had the best preparation. I had surgery few months before the fight on my left arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have, you, have, you have both hands behind your back? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying I would have won anyway. Um, yeah. I would have put, I'd have, it would have been a better fight, but I did lose. I lost that fight fair and square. Um, and then I was sort of went back to it and I was like, well, I, I, I want, I really want that belt, you know? Um, and it sort of like reinvigorated me, if anything. Um, and I had, I had a little, speaking of easier fights, I had, a, I had another fight in between that wasn't really a big fight, just, you know, got another win. And then when I got yeah. the, um, the, the offered the fight um, in Italy for the European again, I was sort of like, yeah, yes, this is my chance, you know. Um, <clears throat> I was I was brought in as the easy fight for that one, if you know what I mean, as the easy yeah. touch. And, oh, we'll, it'd be respectable because he challenged for it before. So we can sell it as a good fight. He's experienced, everything like that. He's, you know, former English champion, former European challenger. Uh, we'll bring him over to Italy. Um, my opponent, um, Scarpa, they were mm-hmm. sort of thinking, oh, well, yeah, well, he'll beat Joe. No worries. And then it was their show. <clears throat> They're thinking, you know, easy win for them. Scarpa would get the title. You know, he'd be a big star in Italy. And obviously I sort of spoiled that. 
but it being it being you know everything was against everything was against me going into that fight you know i was obviously the away fighter um yeah. matchroom were sort of co-promoting it with an, an italian promoter but he was the, he was the you know their fight obviously you know matchroom would rather i won but it was the italian guys that it was their show mm-hmm. um <clears throat> it was in italy um my granddad died a week before the fight so oh. that that wasn't great yeah. <laughs> going into it uh one of my kids brought home a stomach bug from a party you know a couple oh, of no. days, a couple, i think it was two or three days before i flew out um to, this, to this, this is an advert for fight camps right yeah. now <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly um and you know just everyone thought i was going to lose going over there obviously you know with the in my right arm everything like that um but I, I've been brought over there as the opponent to lose. I mean, yeah. I won. I, I won the fight so clearly that even in Italy, which is renowned for bad decisions, I mean, it's not as bad as England anymore. Like England's <laughs> been terrible for it, but um, historically, it's quite famously bad for decisions. And going into that fight, it was the first um, Matchroom Italy show, right. so we, we, there's no idea. They they all have been like relatively fair, I think, but I didn't know that going into it. Mm-hmm. And I won it so clearly. They still gave it to me, but some one of the judges still didn't give it to me. Do you know what I mean? And I, I remember. Was, <clears throat> yeah, there was absolutely no question. I thought by anyone, like no one could even argue it was close. <laughs> and um, they still tried to, you know, they still tried to give him the decision. One of the one of the judges. <clears throat> so to 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 do all of that and then still win it and come away with the title, it was definitely the highlight of my career. Um, and I think mm-hmm. even if I won a world title. Um, I think the circumstances surrounding that fight um, would be yeah. would make. And you know, I had a. I, I said about that leading up to it. I had a, my wife had a baby five weeks before the fight as well. <laughs> so it was like um, he was screaming all night. He wasn't well for. He's all right now, but he wasn't well when he was a baby. Only like um, he had you know something on his stomach and stuff like that. So he was mm-hmm. screaming all the time. I hardly slept for <laughs> a month before the fight. <laughs> Um, you, you must have been then, dying to get into that ring, yeah, like we said at the very start with yeah, the school, so dying in the ring. Send me to Italy, I can have a night's sleep, it was, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, yeah, can't I go there a week early, you know? But it was like, every, all of that, you know, combination of everything, you know, my son, be, my, was my second son being born, um, mm-hmm. my grand, my granddad died, you know, I was ill leading up to the fight, everything like that. Um, it was just, to to actually win it was like... Yeah. I, don't, I can't describe it. Can't describe the feeling. I had, you know, and I had loads of people go over there with me as well. Loads of my friends um, flew over. Do you know, I've forgotten something else as well. My mum, she's got MS. All right. <clears throat> she was in Mexico at the time when I fought, having this treatment. Um, like it's called a stem cell replacement therapy. Oh, basically, I think basically, yeah. yeah. Basically, they give her uh, fire a load of chemotherapy into her, basically destroy her immune system. Well, they take. They took bone. I can't remember. Took bone marrow blood out first, grew mm. some stem cells from her. <clears throat> and anyway, people die having it. You know, it's sometimes done. It's not like a huge mortality rate, but it does happen when they have this treatment. It's a bit of a risk. So mm. my mum was in Mexico having this treatment <laughs> while I was in Italy. Um, you know, when the fight was, you know, she was. <laughs> it was just like, it's like my head was going to explode. You, know, that you don't have to do stuff by like that, do you? Yeah, and I forget, <laughs> like talking to you about it now. There's so much stuff that I like forget about, and I'm forgetting about it. You know, and there's probably more, but um, mm-hmm. 
to you know to the it was almost like a strange strange I, i'm probably other sports people might understand what i mean but it was almost a relief yeah the relief of winning it it wasn't like joy it was mm-hmm. relief you know it was sort of like oh, all of that's been for all of that and it's over even though like <clears throat> even though obviously those things weren't over it's a completely separate thing um it was almost like i've, I've tried to keep myself together and everything like that um keep myself together mentally physically um emotionally you know like just hold hold myself yeah. together almost um to be you know just to weight off my shoulders almost after the fight yeah. um yeah it was great well i can't imagine like that must have almost felt better not i'm not saying it would have felt good losing the losing the fight the first time like you said mm. but then having yeah, like the, you said yeah. you, you almost you almost had that movie like you know when they say the movies of there against him, his mum's in hospital, like <laughs> Mexico, but hospital. Yeah. Your wife, wife's at home with a newborn crying. That is, is a very Rocky esque picture that you've managed yeah. to paint for yourself. It sounds like but a lie. Like, when I was saying it, yeah. I was like, this probably sounds silly. People aren't going to believe me. But um, yes, yeah, right. It's exactly why it's exactly why I started yeah. this podcast because stories like these are in the world and nobody knows about them. And that's yeah. why. But like, um, yeah. yeah. So that second time, like, how good? Like, I know you said you couldn't really describe it there, but it's like what emotion came over you when you just like as soon as the like looking down the main camera and you can see that oh, every italian has tried their hardest to give it to the guys to the right next <laughs> yeah year. and the ref just goes joe hughes is the winner yeah, and the yeah. european like what are we yeah i mean well people who know me um especially when it, you know when it comes to the boxing i don't really show any you know emotion like, i'm not like jumping all over the place when i win a fight um <laughs> and i'm not crying all over the place when i lose a fight um, I'm pretty stoic, really, and I'm, I'm like that in life, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, yeah, I was. Oh, I was yeah, I had a smile on my face. For, you know, a lot of people say that to me after. Like, You're not happy that you've won, why aren't you smiling? Oh, well, that's, you know, it's just a fight, isn't it? It's what I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I went there for to win, yeah. and I've done it. So it's you know. But yeah, I was, you know, I was definitely. I, like I said, it was a big feeling of relief, but it yeah. did feel, you know, it was good as well. I, I did, you know, I was, you know, jumping all over the place and. Yeah, it's a bit annoying, really, because it would have been nice to go out, you know, celebrate, have a drink, um, you know, have something nice to eat, everything like that. But by the time I got out of the drug testing, all my, you know, friends had all gone, had all left. <laughs> you know, it was like it was gone midnight. Everything in France was shut by then. Somehow, oh. you know, it was just a quiet, you know, place. We ended up me and Andy, was, uh, my manager, and Darren Sullivan, who came with us as well, my corner. Um, not, we that's not back, the Sullivan yeah. family from West Ham, no, different Sullivan. No, 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 no. Yeah. We um <laughs> we went back we went back to our hotel. Um we had like there was like two we had like two, I don't know, bottles of beer in each of our no. um mini bars, warm beer. <laughs> <laughs> we all went back to one of the same room. Oh, let's just drink near like two beer two bottles of beer <laughs> to celebrate. Two like little bottles. It's like, oh there you go. You know, this that the wild you know, glamorous life of professional boxing, just won the European title and you're sat in a hotel room drinking warm two, two warm beers. But I'd say they tasted nice. I, mean, I, was, like, I was about to yeah, say, I bet that was simultaneously the yeah. worst beer and the best beer you've ever drank at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, 100%. 100%, yeah. Could have been, could have been, I bet it's a, no, it's a memory, isn't it? So. We'll have to wait for the Vegas penthouse roof party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you and Money Mayweather just throwing cash at literally Yeah, exactly, anything. yeah. Throwing all the money at the strippers and everything like that. Yeah, going crazy. Yeah. 
if I get an invite on that one, I don't know how <laughs> <Yeah>. I'll react. <laughs> well, I want to talk about him. So when you before, not specifically the Italian fight, but when you when you're in the fight and the lights go down, and your like your walkout music hits. How do how do emotions rack on that? Because like a lot of people compare boxing to the modern day gladiator, and it's like it is that old. It's the oldest form of competition between two humans. Of one of us is going to be flat on our back, and the other one's going to win, theoretically. Yeah. How how do the emotions and what goes through a boxer's head when the lights go down? Like, do you train specifically for that, or do um, you kind of just is there no preparation for it? I think some some people do. Yeah. I think normally people who struggle more with, you know, the nerves and everything like that. Yeah. And being able to handle all of that um rehearse stuff or, you know, do visualization and stuff like that to try and prepare themselves. Me personally, no, I don't <clears throat> I know there's other people that have been doing it their whole life and they still get, you know, they're still, you know, do it different ways. Everyone has different ways of doing it. But me personally, I'm sort of like I just try and be relaxed and I always have to. I've never been one to be jumping all over the place, getting angry and things like that. I think I had like one or two amateur fights where I tried to like rile myself up and be aggressive about it all and that. And I was like the worst I fought. You know, I tried too hard and yeah. get caught with silly shots. Because I know a lot of fighters do that. They like really like rile themselves up, fire themselves up before a fight uh, to try and, you know, get aggressive and everything like that. Um, but I try and be as calm and relaxed as I can and even walk out and say, I always, sort of, I always think to myself, like, this is strange. You know, like walking, walking out. Like, why why are you here to watch me? Yeah, there's, and I just think to myself, like, oh, this is weird. Like, all these people there, what just, they're all, everyone's staring at you, obviously, um, yeah. when you're walking out for a fight. So I'm just like, oh, man, what are all these people? And they just, everyone's staring at you. And it's almost a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. Or like, I feel like that anyway. I know some people love it, they like, thrive off it, and they, like, you know, love that sort of attention and everything like that. But it's sort of, I just find it a bit bizarre. Uh, it's a bit weird. I don't know. But um, yeah, I just try and try and stay calm, focused on it, and it's sort of like a, a strange feeling in your head. And I always think of it like you go and touch gloves, and then you go back to your corner uh, before they ring the first bell. And half the time, I think, "Oh, wow, this is weird. Why am I even doing? You know, why am I even doing this? This will be, this'll how, is, be... how is this a profession? Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. Especially now in twenty first century, how are you? How is this? You know, you're allowed to. You just have a fight, you know, and you know you're fighting each other for money, and it's just. It's a yeah. bit weird, <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, and it does sort of seem strange. And like after something, so oh, I'm not going to bother doing this again. It's too stressful. Mm-hmm. But like straight afterwards, you're like, oh, that's great, you know. However mm-hmm. it went, you you know, you want to do it again. Um, yeah, it's 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 a weird feeling. It's not. It's a feeling I haven't had doing anything else. Um, probably the only way I could describe right. it, which is which is relatable, isn't it? I think <laughs> there's I think no way to yeah. describe it, and I've never had it doing anything else. So there you go. You, you say that, but every every person I've spoke to has said that about their own sport. They go, "It's that feeling that you can't get from anything else." Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. I can see why so many fighters, um, you know, really really struggle with retirement and mm-hmm. um, go to drugs and turn to drugs and drink and have so many issues outside the ring after they retire because it is a. It's not, I mean, the old people obviously, you know, you're chasing that high, and I mean, even for myself, I wouldn't say it's a high. I don't. It doesn't feel like a high to me, um, mm. but it's definitely. I, I know some people would describe it as that, but me personally, it's not. Um, but it's sort of. Uh, it almost sort of describes it's just who I am almost, and it's like if I'm not doing that, and I don't, I can't seem to. I haven't fought for over a year, mm-hmm. but. I'm sort of. Like, I know it's going to happen, 
again. So yeah. I'm not really worried about it because I sort of think, well, I know it's going to happen and um, I get to do that again. Wow. Um, but when, when I can imagine when that end, when there's, you know, nothing, it's never going to happen again. You're never yeah. going to have that feeling again. No matter how many times you were in the gym sparring and everything, it's not the same thing. Um, I can, I can, I can a hundred percent understand the struggles that people have, you know, with that sort. Of, and I guess that's any sport really, mm-hmm. or, you know, not just sports, but you know, when you do something you've, you've done your whole life and then it's, you know, you can't do it anymore. It must be yeah. very difficult. I think, I think it must be difficult for guys like yourself as well. Cause well, when you think about footballers, they're playing, some of the pros are playing three games a week now and you're doing mm-hmm. what you've done 24 fights, including amateurs. Total, so no, like you, I, well, you, no, yours no. is a little more spread out, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I had se- I had seventy amateur fights, um, so I had a lot more, a lot more amateur fights. Oh. Yeah, um, yeah. I had seventy as amateur from being eleven years old uh, oh, to, right, being, okay, yeah, yeah. to being nineteen was my last amateur fight, and I, I wish I'd have more pro fights. You know, I, I've I've been injured so many times. Um, I've not, I haven't been active as much as I want to be anywhere near. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's still, you know, I've nearly had 100 boxing matches. I had 100 at least martial arts fights, things like that. Yeah. I've had fights in Taekwondo. I've had kickboxing matches. I did judo for a bit. I've, like, you know, done, every, like, loads of different types of combat sports um, growing up. And it's almost like, yeah, it's just what I do. Do you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. and I've, I've been through that feeling loads so many times that if, yeah, when mm-hmm. it comes to it, it's never going to happen again. It'll be strange, but... Mm. Wow. Um, so talking about the lights and how the lights really and you like you say you acknowledge everybody around you and you go this is weird but how once like you said as soon as you touch gloves and then go back to your corner how lonely does the ring almost feel or does it just feel like you know the cliche of once people say like once you step between the ropes you're back in the boxing gym just training again but like uh, does it does it feel different yeah, it does feel different. It feels different than training because um, it's just so much more, you know, so much more important, so much more riding on it. Mm-hmm. Um, in training, it's almost blasé. You know, can yeah. be. Um, you don't really stress about it too much and you're in the gym every single day, uh, or I am. So it's, you don't, it's, just, it's completely different in my opinion. Um, it's just like a heightened thing. It's like, it's good to just completely focused on that and then you do little things to take you out of it. Like I know a lot of people say they can't hear the crowd, but I, always can um and you you hear people and you see people and things like that and i know you probably should be laser focused and you try yeah. you know you try but you can't help it um yes yeah, but it, it is a strange it's a strange sort of thing um and you know like but but when you're in it you know say you're nervous before a fight and everything like that when you're actually in it it's just you're in it then and that's that mm-hmm. you you know you're trying your best and you're trying to figure them out. You are thinking about, you know, what's going to be the best thing to do, what you should try and do, everything like that, as well as reacting to what they're doing and everything like that. So it is, it's hard to describe really, but yeah, so you, you are thinking, but a lot of it's automatic and, you know, a lot of it's, it it's muscle memory. And yeah. Fiber. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. It's amazing how, how many things can be understood without seeing in the world of sport? For somebody goes, I can't describe it to you, but you know exactly what I mean. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They do. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So to round off the segment of your pro career and do it quite nicely, we've discussed the past. What's the future yeah. hold for Joe Hughes? When's the next fight? Obviously, don't give anything away that's going to get you in trouble, but tell <laughs> no, us what well, you can and what's the plan. 
Honestly, I don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. I'm trying to to get something lined up. If I can, my manager's trying to get something lined up. I'm in a bit of an awkward position at the moment because I haven't got any titles or anything like that at the moment. But everyone knows yeah. I'm still a hard fight. So yeah. it's difficult. I think I'm going to probably end up having to take fights that I don't really want to take or I don't think are going to move me anywhere or you know, aren't for the money I feel like I should be being paid at this point in my career. Um, but I think it's going to be a case of I'm going to have to do some something like that just to get back in the ring and uh, get a few wins under my belt and then get back to where I want to be, which is, you know, fighting back at that level, you know, European level. Um, and I was still, you know, I still hold dreams of wanting to be a world champion. Um, I think everything I've achieved so far is, mm -hmm. you know, I'd be, I could be happier for the inbox again in terms of what I have achieved. Um, but I just, I just want to keep doing it until I, my body literally says no. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I do feel old sometimes um, in terms of like, I've had so many injuries and uh, things like that and the wear and tear on my body, but I just want to I want to keep doing it basically and I feel I've got a lot more to give to the sport I feel um, because I haven't had that many fights for how long I've been boxing I've been pro 11 years um, mm -hmm. and I, I should have had 50 fights but I haven't for whatever reason um, and that's you know lessened the wear and tear and everything like that so I feel like I've still got you know a good a good few years left in me and we'll, we'll I've just who knows who knows your guess is as good yeah. as mine, really. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the old cliche of line them up and then you'll knock them <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just see what happens, you know. See what yeah. happens. Mate, I can't, I can't wait. And for the thing about you saying you've got dreams of being the world champion, you've got the mentality. Somebody just needs to give you the belt as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I say, I say to give it, you might, you might have to take it off someday. But yeah, if you... <laughs> that was easy, yeah. If, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, to be honest, even... even if I could just get the chance to fight for a world title, I think that'd be like a huge stepping stone and... Just like with everything, you know, obviously the herbs palsy and everything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I am, I shouldn't have been able to do it. I shouldn't. So, it's you know, if I could do it, would be you know, would be summer. Well, I'm I'm not going to put words in your mouth because I'm obviously you're not going to say it, but it would also be that really great f you to that coach that said you're not good enough to compete in the amateurs as well. Yeah. And I, yeah. Would, and I would say yeah. it for you. I would look down yeah. the camera lens and just go. Mate, that, that one's for you there. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, I've already done that, if you know what I mean. So it's like yeah. you said, I, can, I was a European champion. Um, exactly. Been, and I've had that so many so many doctors and sports, you know, like that. I mean, that coach doesn't even give me a second thought. I, well, no, I don't, doesn't, I don't give it a second thought, really, unless bring up something like this. But um, it's like when I was born, my parents were told I wouldn't be able to run in a straight line. I wouldn't be able to do yeah. a physical job. I wouldn't be able to do, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, when I, after I'd boxed for England the first time and won a national title, I remember seeing a specialist straight, you know, within a couple of months after that. And they were like, yeah, you've done really well, fair but, you know, don't get your hopes up. There's no point. You're never going to be able to turn professional with your injury. You won't, you know, your, your arm won't hold up to it. You won't, you won't be no good. You won't be good enough. Um, I'm always written off by uh, the boxing sort of media and journalists mm -hmm. and public, um, people i know you know and i look what i've done so yeah exactly mm. mate i you you've inspired me and we've only been talking for an hour and five <laughs> so you've inspired me so god knows what you could do if people people kept in touch with you so <laughs> now we've spoken about the serious stuff we've got a really good chat and i've really really enjoyed it so we're just going to end with a nice little bit of fun i imagine you probably okay. think this is fun <laughs> Joe, what's your opinion on YouTube boxing? 
what do you what did you think when all this stuff went started going on were you like were you because I've, I've seen a lot of arguments from people saying it's done boxing a favor of as we discussed earlier it's brought it into a more acceptable limelight of different people doing it um, but um yeah is it is it people trying to play play fun at something that people take quite seriously or it's difficult because Good answers, mate. Sorry, <laughs> kids. Mate, don't worry it. about it. Don't worry. It's it's quite difficult, really, because in some ways it's good for boxing. You know, people, more people watching it and everything like that. But those people aren't going to then become boxing fans. If you know I mean, they're fans of the people they're watching, um, yeah. which is fine. And I can't, I wouldn't knock anyone for doing it because they're what? What? Why are they? You know, they're making a lot of money doing it, but they can make money doing other things. So boxing isn't the easiest thing to choose to do. Yeah. <clears throat> but at the same time, it is a bit of a. People say to me like, "Oh, you know, you know, you've been boxing all your life. They've only been doing it two minutes, and you know, is that not frustrating for you?" It's like, well, it is in a way, but at the same time, there's boxers out there who've been doing it their whole life, and they get more opportunities than you as well because they're more marketable or they've got the different people behind you. And that's more frustrating to me really, because I'm like, yeah, we've done the same thing. Um, I think it's a bit dangerous, um, especially that one with the last week or the week before with Evander Holyfield. Like what, how on earth is that even allowed to happen? Oh, like, the, is that the one where he did and Silver, the boxer? Um, he fought Vitor Belfort for oh, yeah, yeah, Evander yeah. Holyfield. And I know that isn't YouTube boxing, but it's the same bracket of things. The celebrity you know boxing, I mean? yeah. Yeah, and it's... Evander Holyfield is like one of the, you know, biggest legends of the sport ever. He's been mm. through however many tough fights, taken so many punches to the head. Um, he fought in an era of, you know, he fought Mike Tyson twice and beat him. Um, mm -hmm. He's been through so many wars and getting... And then he's 58 and he's fight he's fighting again and i know he wants to do it so you can sort of say like well he's you know but you have to be protected from yourself sometimes he's all there's loads of stories of him already you know um forget forgetting things and you're just watching him train you can tell that he shouldn't be in the ring mm -hmm. and i think things that it's going to happen where someone's going to like that's going to happen someone's going to die because I mean, let's be honest there's the, an old saying you don't play boxing and this what they're doing a lot of it is playing boxing um, I'm not mm. saying Evander Holyfield himself is, but he shouldn't be allowed to be in there with someone. You know, I know Belfort is, you know, still retired from MMA, where he's like 44, but 44 to 58. And let's that, be honest. That's a big disparity there. Yeah, and let's be honest, Vitor Belfort is, you know, on every steroid under the sun, for which, you know, for whatever. It's not proper boxing to what you want, I suppose, but yeah. it's like, it's a huge, it's just not right, is it? You know, it's just, that you should be doing. fight someone else that's you're the same age as you that's doing the same yeah. thing, but you know, and yeah, it's it's a bit ridiculous and like the the Mayweather Logan Paul thing and all that. I can't, you can't knock them for doing it. It's the don't buy it, you know. Don't what? Yeah. Don't buy the. Don't buy it. Don't talk about it on social media all the time. Don't if you don't like it and you don't want it to be around, don't give it any you know credence. But yeah. I, I am talking about it. So. <laughs> I asked yeah. you, so that's that's yeah. fine. I asked. So, so when Logan Paul goes, Joe Hughes is chatting about me. I'll go. Yeah, exactly. ask. Sam made me talk about. Yeah. If yeah. I get if I get you a fight with Logan Paul, then yeah. we're sorted. Yeah, big time. Like I say, I don't blame them for it. They're making ridiculous money for you know what they're doing. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make money from boxing as well. It's no different to what they're doing. They've just got a bigger fan base than me. Fair play to them. But exactly. um, hmm. well, 
Joe, as I've said, I've loved this chat. This has been inspiring. It's been eye-opening. It's just been, quite frankly, just impressive is what it is. And I've really enjoyed it. So yeah, now you. we're gonna end we're gonna end it with the three the, the three songs to get yourself ready for a night out with cheesy pop. What three thought, songs would you go to? I thought you wanted three different types of cheese to eat on a night out. Would you? <laughs> no, I'm only joking. That was a bad mate, joke. That mate, was a bad mate, joke. Mate, 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 no. mate, mate. My my spelling and grammar is so yeah. bad that I may yeah. well have sent you that and Edam, I wouldn't have noticed. Mm, Brie. No, I got Edam, um, Brie and yeah. Shoshana. <laughs> yeah, well, I would pick uh, uh, Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. What a that's great not, song. That's, what a that's start. Not, that isn't cheesy. That's just a good song. Um, what else was it? Um, I thought about this earlier. Billy Ocean, When the Going Gets Tough. Absolute banger. Yeah, you, proper you're song smashing this. Proper song. <laughs> and this next song, one of the best songs of all time, greatest songwriter, you know, written by. I actually managed to get this to the number one on the most played list in my local pub when I was about 18. And uh, that's Miley Cyrus, Party in the USA. <laughs> what a great, great yeah. song. I, you have smashed that. I can tell you, I can tell you now with the listeners, Party in the USA is going to go down a store. <laughs> like, I hope so. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, I, I struggle to find any cheesy songs. I, none of those are very cheesy, but you know, just I, good I, I, good I say cheesy, but nobody finds them cheesy. It's just good music, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll let you get back to your Friday night. Where can we follow yeah. you on socials to keep up to date with your story? Um, I'm at Joe Hughes Boxing on mm-hmm. Instagram, at Joe Hughes Boxing on Twitter, and I think it's Joe Hughes Boxing Limited on Facebook, but I think the tag's still at Joe Hughes Boxing. Tried to make it as easy as, as, yeah. easy as I can. Not for, you know, being good at social media, it's just so I don't forget. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that was, uh, yeah, follow me on there if you want. If you want to shoot Perfect. me any questions. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's good. All those links could be down in the description below. So is the one to the Earl's Palsy charity in the UK yeah. that Joe mentioned earlier. That's going to be there. Blokes is going to be down there as well. Men's Mental Health, Young Mental Health Group, and me and Joe both represent great people doing great things. Got the cap right here as well, a bit of product yeah. placement, but it does yeah, the stuff. Too right. Yeah, got to be done. Got to be <laughs> exactly. done. And yeah. to the listeners out there, as usual, thanks a lot for listening. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leave a like rating. Get yourself up to the five star. That helps us more than anything. Share, tell your friends, tell your mum, tell your dog. If you're going to be mean on social media, at least make it funny, and then I'll nick some retweets off you that way. If you've got constructive <laughs> criticism, I always want to hear it. Anything else doesn't really offend me. I've got quite thick skin because I'm quite a big guy, so we're all good. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Joe, thank you for coming on, my man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thank you.